What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul, which so long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart.
We have other requests for prayer later on, but just, just to mention two, and one is for Sharon McCauley's mother, and that is Olive McCreary, who had a slight stroke yesterday, and Sharon would like you to remember her in prayer, put her onto the prayer list. And the other is for uh, the wife of a Romanian pastor, Lily Yusub. Uh, many of you will know Florine, some of you have met him. Uh, he's the man that's been going to Ukraine every month with packages of food, driving the minibuses and so forth. And his wife took very seriously yesterday. And if I can just read the, the text to you, I think it's the best way to explain it. It says, Florine's wife suffered a heart attack today. So this is yesterday we got this news. She's under investigation in hospital and her condition is very serious. Apparently there is a neurological issue at root. Her vital signs are back, but she has not regained consciousness when resuscitated. Now Lily is sedated and intubated. So remember her. We got word this morning that she has some kind of pneumonia because during whatever it was that happened to her, there was fluid went down into her lungs. So her case is very serious and we would like you to remember Lily in prayer. It's always good to have good news as well, and um, I'm sure, though he's a shy sort of a person and sitting at the back, he'll not mind me mentioning this tonight, but we've been rejoicing since we heard about Raymond, Raymond's story, coming to the Lord, and we thank God for that real answer to prayer. He's been long prayed for, and just to get that word that he was brought to Christ, uh, it rejoiced our hearts, and we've been living in that uh, enjoyment of hearing of what the Lord has done ever since it happened. So remember Raymond in prayer as well. Let's, let's seek the Lord together. Heavenly Father, we, we still our hearts before the presence of God. We would seek by the grace of the Lord just to bring our thoughts into subjection and to seek our God now in prayer earnestly at the beginning of this time. We think of the exhortation given in the Psalm 46 to be still and to know that thou art God. And Lord, many a time, especially in the great commotions of life, when everything is raging round about us, just like <coughs> the psalmist spoke about in the Psalm 46, the mountains being moved and cast into the midst of the sea speaks about the roaring of the waters. And we know that the picture there presented is one of great disturbance, like an earthquake. Everything just round about shaking. And we know that that can be our experience. Even as Christians, that can be what we pass through so often. We know that for our sister Lily, it has been such a time for her husband and her family. We can only imagine tonight what they're passing through. But we would seek <coughs> in the midst of such times to, to do what the psalm exhorts us to do, just to be still and to know that thou art God. And that reminds us that in the midst of the storm, God is still on the throne and he's in control and he's still working out his purpose in our lives no matter what we're passing through. He's still the Lord. He's still seated upon the throne 
of eternal glory, sovereign in everything. And we want to commit Lily into your hands again and just to pray for her very simply tonight that it might please the Lord to restore her to health and strength. That the Lord will step into this situation and that you will touch her body, make it well, and bring about the change that needs to happen physically to make that happen. We know that she's in the care of human hands as well, and we pray for direction to be given to doctors and nurses and those that have the medical expertise, that the Lord will direct their way also, that they might know what to do, the course of action. And for Florine and his children, his family, we pray that that will draw graciously near that they might know that underneath and round about are the everlasting arms of Almighty God to comfort, to sustain, to bless them in a time of great need. Remember Sharon's mother too, that thou will be with her in this crisis that has arisen in her life. May she also be still and know that thou art God in her circumstance. We pray for restoration also in her health we think of so many, some cannot be here tonight because of physical problems, maybe age, infirmity. For those that are able to, to join us on the internet and listen in, Lord, just be with them where they are. Bless the congregation that's here. We thank you for each one that has come to our midweek service to seek the Lord. That's the principal reason why we're here, that we might meet with Almighty God that we might meet with him in the word as we come to it later. We thank you for our brethren arriving safely here in Northern Ireland. Thank you for being with them in the journey. And we pray, Lord, as they've got a little bit of rest overnight, that you will bless them tonight as they come among us. And may they immediately feel that they are at one with us in heart and mind and soul. We thank you that we're part of the same body, the body of Christ. We thank you for the things that we have in common. We rejoice tonight that we've been to Jesus for the cleansing power and we're washed in the blood of the Lamb. We thank thee for the reality of the new birth and the saving experience that we've had with God. We thank you for bringing us out of the kingdom of darkness and translating us into the kingdom of your dear Son. And we can say tonight we are the Lord's, washed and redeemed and saved by grace and on our way to glory. And we have everything to rejoice in. As they would speak to us a little later in this service, we pray that you'll bless them. May you stand with them. May the Spirit of God enable them and help them. And Lord, may we be blessed too as we listen from them tonight. We thank thee for the work in Romania and for the testimony of Christ in that land. For those that are faithful to Christ and his word, and we pray that you will bless your truth as it is preached week by week in many a faithful pulpit, as the witness is made privately too in homes and where opportunity is given, we pray that you will gather in unto yourself a people for the glory of God. We thank you that our God is still in the soul-saving business. Lord, as we've entered into this year and even last Sabbath praying for a token for good and asking the Lord to save, we 
are still rejoicing in what you did in Raymond's life. We pray that you'll bless him and strengthen him and help him. You know his need. You know all of our needs every day. And so we pray for grace to walk with God and to live for your glory in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which we live. Help us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and to shine in his image to bring glory and honor to him who loved us and gave himself for us. All these things we pray in the Savior's precious name. Amen. Singing about our wonderful Savior again in the hymn 505. I have such a wonderful Savior who helps me wherever I go that I must be telling his goodness that everybody should know. It's a good missionary hymn and tonight it's not officially part of the missionary weekend but we like to count it in the midweek meeting and say well let's begin tonight in what we do, what we sing, what we pray and uh, what we hear. So let's sing this with joy in our hearts and with burden in our souls that everyone should hear and do what we can to promote the gospel wherever we are able to do just that. Thank you. <clears throat>
welcome you tonight in the Savior's name. All who have come to the midweek service, good to see you. Good to have our visitors with us, and we'll say something about that in just a moment or two. Good to have Noreen and Kirsty. Uh, we've used the expression, their days are numbered, but we, we know what we mean by that. Noreen will be heading back to Uganda, and Kirsty will be heading back uh, to her studies, so we trust that the Lord will be with them. If you're listening in on, online, and we, we always have the extra congregation, we bid you welcome as well. And we trust that even though you're at a distance and not physically present, that you'll feel very much part of what's happening here tonight in Hebron. Remember the school's ministry. <clears throat> every Friday, we go into our Christian school. So that's something every Friday we do. But we, we get into these other schools as well. And Kilmoyle is the one that is on the list tomorrow, 11 o'clock, that we hope to go to. Then Friday begins our special weekend, the missionary weekend at 8 o'clock. Remember the meeting. Remember us as we preach and the various reports that will be given. We're praying for a good time that the Lord will stir our hearts this weekend and give us one of the best, if not the best, missionary weekend that we've ever had. Supper will, will be served. <coughs> Pardon me. And the ladies, you know what you've been asked to bring and we, we do need you to, to rise as you always do to the occasion. Saturday, the meeting is at 7.30. Reverend Joshua Moffat from Bangor and a member of the mission board will be here to preach the word in the will of God. And then we gather for prayer, 8 o'clock Sunday morning. Sunday school's at 10.30 and we're having a very special speaker at Sunday school. So it's going to be an open Sunday school and that's Pastor Emmanuel Basile. Okay, look forward to that. The Bible class, quarter to 11, all of grace is the overall subject. Moses, a prince and a prophet, is what Phil will come to, God willing. Missionary weekend continues at 12 noon. The Reverend John Gray, minister of Tandragee and also member of mission board, will be here. And in the evening time, the Reverend David Brown, who was a former assistant here, uh, minister of Larne, and member of the mission board, and the chairman of the Asian subcommittee. All right, just to give him sort of the title missionary-wise, that he deserves to have, doing a good work. And uh, through white, special singing, special reports, DVD presentations, we look forward to every service. Before the meeting on Sunday night, we gather for our time of prayer. Remember that at 6.30, supper will also be served, and we're sharing this as much as we can to let others know uh, that these meetings are taking place. Remember also on Saturday, there is the big breakfast and you'll get your breakfast here if you come between 8.30 and 12 o'clock. So whether you like an early one, a late one, or an in-between one, there you go. Those times should suit everyone. And this is a little fundraiser for our Christian school. And there'll be a, a box just as a free will offering to give what you're able uh, to give to the school. Then we have our week of prayer. I want you to lay this aside as rigidly as you possibly can. Every night, 8 o'clock as we come to pray and set the year really together before God in prayer. There is the special meeting on Saturday the 20th of January in Lisbon to do with the Youth Council. We've been announcing that. And also then on the 7th of February, the ladies are having their meeting here when Margaret Russell will be the guest speaker and the Hebron ladies will be singing. 
Now, we, we've been at the Minister's Week of Prayer. Our ministers and our students get together at the beginning of every year, and you should be able to hear them sing, all right? It's a real treat, you know, to hear men sing. Now, right, can you agree with that, a group of men? Now, right, down. <laughs> gets to hear this. I shared it with a few of the office bearers of Presbytery so whether they show it or not I don't know but you're privileged to hear what's been happening as far as song is concerned down in Armagh this week. Now we want to give congratulations to Jonathan and Lauren and as we congratulate them we congratulate Mervyn and Christine tonight because there's a little boy has been born yesterday Nathaniel Allen and there he is with his eyes closed and I don't know who he looks like, but there you are. He's big enough to, for you to make an impression there, uh, who he looks like, but uh, we rejoice with uh, the little one that God has graciously given to Jonathan and Lauren. We pray that the child will seek the Lord early in life, come to know the Savior. These are all the announcements that I need to make just now. We're going to sing, Search Me, O God, and Know My Heart Today at 644. Try me, O Saviour, and know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free.
need to get this name right. Isaac, all right, and the other two names are right. Grandparents, no right. Uh, so Isaac is the first name. My, my wife is the one that keeps me right. Mervyn is too polite to, to send me a text to tell me you've got it wrong, Pastor. So uh, the little boy's Isaac. Does anybody know who wrote this hymn? If you've had a hymn book tonight and you've looked at it, you maybe looked at the, the author. Does anybody know who wrote this hymn? He also wrote a lot of books on revival. J. Edwin Orr, a boy from Belfast who felt burdened of the Lord to go out and evangelize and preach the word, do missionary work. And he actually went on to travel the world. And everywhere he went, revival followed him. He was a man that was sold out to the Lord, a man that lived by faith. In those days, he left Northern Ireland. I can't remember what it was, maybe two shillings and sixpence or whatever it was. Uh, some of you are old enough to remember that money. But he, he left just with a very little bit of money in his pocket believing that God would supply his need. Now, we're not, we're not suggesting that everybody should do that, uh, nor uh, when he was passing a restaurant and he had no money and he looked in and he saw a businessman sitting down to the big feed and he thought, my, there's a, there's a fellow there and he's serving the world. He's a businessman of the world and here I am, a child of the king and he's eating and I'm not. So he went in by faith and he sat down and he ordered a big meal he says, I can do that as a child of the Lord. And of course, he didn't have money to pay for it. But when he went up to the counter afterwards, the lady said to him, somebody has just paid for your meal. All right? Not the kind of faith that you have. You ever had faith like that? I'm not saying you should do it. Uh, but trust in the Lord. Now, our brethren, we welcome both these pastors tonight. And we welcome you sincerely in the Lord's great name. Arriving in Northern Ireland yesterday, we, we picked them up and we stopped at Apple Green. Now, why, why am I showing you a picture of this? Very simply, for, to make fun of you. <laughs> Funny expression. No, no, that's not, not why. Well, number one, they, they arrived safely after a long journey and little sleep the night before. But also, in, in a strange way, a strange providence, when we went, we, we stopped on the right-hand side going into Apple Green at, um, what do you call it? The, the cell, the cell uh, food. <laughs> so, anyway, I'll try to think of the actual one. But anyhow, here's, what is it? Greg's. Greg's, you got it. It was in my mind earlier, but there you go. Um, it was a Romanian that was serving. It's not strange, able to talk to, to these men in their own language. And then we went and sat down, and I noticed the family coming to a table just beside us, and I thought, why, they, they look very like Romanians, because whenever I see people like that, I usually ask them, where are you from? And if they say Romania, then I start talking in the ten words that I know uh, in the Romanian language. And if they say Poland or Bulgaria, I just say, oh, I hope you have a nice time in, in, in the country. But... I always like to use my few words, but right enough, they were, they were Romanians, and we got to talk to them, and they were believers, and uh, we invited them to come up this weekend, uh, if they're able to, the missionary weekend, and uh, meet these brethren again. So I don't know if that will be possible. This is just a little photograph when they arrived yesterday afternoon outside the church. Now, we, we took them somewhere today. 
You can't come to Northern Ireland without visiting one particular place. Where would that place be? Of all places that you ought to go, and it's not KFC, <laughs> all right, where would it be? The Giant's Causeway. Okay, so there, there you go. And uh, there, there they are at the Giant's Causeway, as you, as you know. But you don't really see the rock formation until you're close. And you know what? The road was closed. They're, they're doing repair work, and they wouldn't allow you to walk down. But they say you can go the cliff way, which I've never been, the cliff way. But it's, it's a longer walk, and it's 162 steps, just this little part of it. It wasn't too bad going down, but you see when we got up again, uh, when we got to the top, we were breathing a little bit heavier. And we just stopped for a moment, and then when I tried to walk again, you know the way your, your legs are like jelly. Uh, but anyhow, we made it, we got there, and they, they got to see the Giant's Causeway, which is a place to be. We're going to ask um, <clears throat> Pastor Bebby to come and greet us, and just say whatever is in your heart. And then we're going to ask Pastor Emmanuel to, to bring a word tonight. So the two of you come. I know that he will be relying upon you uh, tonight for translation. Brethren, you're very welcome. Come up higher. Good evening. Bună seara. I would like to ask you to open your Bibles with me tonight. Epistola lui Pavel către Romani, capitolul 15, versetul 13. Romans chapter 15 verse 13. Romans chapter 15 verse 13. Dumnezeul nădejdei să vă umple de toată bucuria și pacea pe care o dă credința, pentru ca prin puterea Duhului Sfânt să fiți tari în nădejde. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that he may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Pavel, Apostolul Pavel, folosește astfel de rugăciuni în multe din epistolele dânsului. In many of his epistles, in his letters, uh, Paul uses this kind of prayers. Și rugăciunea asta o pot folosi și eu pentru dumneavoastră. And I would like to use this prayer for you as a church. Și vreau să scot doar câteva lucruri la care să stăm să medităm, să gândim la cuvântul lui Dumnezeu și la ceea ce urmează să spun doar câteva lucruri. So I would just like to point out a few things for us to meditate on and to think from the word of God. Ceea ce are Pavel în vedere este ca rugăciunea lui să fie ascultată de Dumnezeu și de oameni. First, I believe Paul desires, uh, Paul's desire was for his prayer to be listened to by God and by men as well. 
Un alt lucru, Pavel vorbește despre nădejdea aceasta ca un factor ca, care are rol credința noastră, care este un comun. And then he speaks about the faith that we all have in common. Credința despre care vorbește Pavel este credința aceea care aduce pace. The faith that Paul speaks about is the faith that brings peace. Al lucru prezența Duhului Sfânt ne face tari în nădejde pentru că avem confirmarea faptului că Duhul Sfânt este Dumnezeu. And then the presence of the Holy Spirit is the one that strengthens, strengthens us in hope because we know that the Holy Spirit is a part of God. Scopul lui Pavel este foarte bine definit când vorbește despre nădejdea aceasta pe care o avem prin Hristos Domnul. Asta găsim în capitolul 5, versetul 5. Însă, nădejdea aceasta nu înșeală. Paul's purpose is very well defined when he talks about hope because he speaks in chapter 5 in Romans about this hope that is not deceiving. Și un ultim lucru pe care l-am mai amintit, Pavel este conștient că Dumnezeu îl ascultă. And again, Paul he is aware that God listens to him. Și pe mine, Dumnezeu sau chiar pe noi ne ascultă Dumnezeu în multele din lucrurile pe care le avem în relația noastră cu Dumnezeu. And I believe that God also listens to us as we pray to him. Aș vrea să mulțumesc fiecare dintre dumneavoastră pentru că ați colaborat la parteneriatul care l-aveți cu noi. I would like to thank you all for being part of the partnership with the church in, in Romania. Nu mai spun despre toate proiectele. Ce aveți pe inimă, frate? Proiectele care le-ați împărtășit în, cu noi au fost de bun agur pentru fiecare membru al bisericii noastre. Our church, each member of our church was um, blessed by the um, projects that we, we developed with your help. Și de la ultima uh, vizită a dânșilor la noi în România s-a întâmplat mai multe lucruri. So from your last visit in Romania with us, um, a few things have happened. Biserica a crescut. Church grew, the church grew. Am and avut, is growing. Am avut 10 membri botezați, avem încă 10 membri botezați. We have 10 new believers that were baptized. Am deschis o nouă locație a unei biserici. We have a new church plant in another village. Acolo se strâng între 80 și 100 de oameni. And these gatherings have come now to receive between 80 and 100 people coming together. Proiectul nostru este or să cumpărăm locația, or să construim o altă locație. So we are now gathering there in a, a former evangelical church. It is not our property, but we are already looking into um, options that we have there for, for a building for the church. Ceea ce vreau să vă încurajez să continuați parteneriatul acesta cu noi prin rugăciunile dumneavoastră. 
So, first of all, I would like to encourage you to continue praying for us. Pentru că în urma faptului că am făcut și v-a rugat pentru noi, biserica noastră crește. Because I believe that your prayers were part of what's happening there and your help um, it was obvious a blessing for the people, for the church. Continuați să vă rugați pentru noi. So keep praying for us, please. Rugăciunea mea sau rugăciunea lui Pavel Scoastanchei este următoarea. Dumnezeu nădejde să vă umple de toată bucuria și pacea care dă credință pentru ca prin puterea Duhului Sfânt să fiți tari în nădejde. And my prayer for you is this, that the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. May God bless you. Amen. Do I just go on? Okay. So I'm privileged to be part with you again tonight and uh, thank you for the invitation. It is an honor for me to be able to share with you the Word of God tonight and um, I am really looking forward to being here the next few days and for the um, missionary weekend. It would be my first experience like this to be um, part with a church abroad. And um, I believe it is my first experience about sharing a message in, uh, in English, but it's just another reminder that I do need the grace of God. So please pray for me. My feet are like jelly. <laughs> I will ask you to turn tonight to Genesis chapter 13. The subject I would like to approach tonight for us to think about is decisions as we begin a new year. And um, of course, there are a lot of decisions to make. I'd like to take a look in the Word of God and let the Word teach us how should we approach decisions in our life. So I will just read the first 13 verses of this chapter. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there 
be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If you will take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou de uh, depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Tzor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one, the one from the other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we ask you that you would bless us tonight through thy word. We ask for the help of your Holy Spirit, because we know that we need his guidance in your word. And Lord, I pray that you will use me to feed your church and these people to your glory. Amen. Amen. I was just Googling about decisions. So probably if you will Google it as well, um, I found out a study that says, actually two studies, and they say that every day we take between 20,000 and 35,000 decisions. And that's unbelievable. But then I gave it a, a thought. Every time we move, we decide. And maybe we have uh, twitches. Yeah? So we decide. These are some decisions that maybe we're not aware of. Then we decide the time that we get off bed. We need to splash our faces with water, so we decide whether the water is warmer or colder. We need to decide what to wear, what to eat. And then, how many spoons of sugar do we put in our tea or coffee? <laughs> For some, and I'll be very subjective here, we need to decide about our haircut style. But then you have the important decisions the decisions of life, about school, studies, marriage, children, their school, their future. There are all kinds of decisions that we have to make. And we're just at the beginning of 2024. What are some things that we can learn about decisions in the text that we read? And the first one I would like to look at is the fact that decisions are influenced by our personal relationship with God. Looking at Abram's example, we can see that after he left Egypt, he went back, it says in verse 3, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. That was the place where he had the altar, and that was the place where he called on the name of the Lord. His priority was to worship God. 
and that was a decision he made. The fact that it says here, he went unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. In the context of Genesis, my mind went to the beginning in the Garden of Eden. The fellowship and the worship that first man had with God and before God. And because of sin, we lost that. On the other hand, we have Lot and his example. When he came to make a decision, he chose what was pleasant to his eyes. And in verse 10, it says that when Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord, that was the place that he chose to go. It is in our nature to look at what is visible. And I know it not might make a lot of sense, but 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it is a verse that probably it is well known. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. This was the moment when Samuel was sent to uh, anoint David as the king of Israel. When the man, man's heart wanders away from God, when he lives under the dominion of sin and darkness, the decisions are influenced by our own desires, our own selfishness. And this is what Paul tells us also in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. This is what happens when we are under the dominion of dark. But when man is born again, his mind is transformed, is renewed by the word of God, and the decisions are made according to the will of God. And going back to, the, to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we come to Christ, when we are born again, we are renewed by his word. So let us not take decision by the simple evidence that we see. Let us 
take responsible decisions based on faith and God's guidance. God is the one who revealed himself through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. He spoke to us through his Son, and we do find his will in his word, the Bible. As we stay closer to him and walk closer to him, our decisions will be according to his expectations, and this will be to his glory and to our blessing. So, investment, investing in the relationship with God, it is a safe investment with a positive return. Our decisions are influenced by our personal relationship with God. And then our decisions, we are to be aware that they influence people around us. When we look at this passage in Genesis, we see that Abram went out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had. His wife was all his family at that time. And we know from previous verses in chapter 12 that he had many servants. He was responsible for the people that were around him. And in chapter 12 we read about the promise that God made to Abraham. His faithfulness to God was a blessing to him, was a blessing to his family, and was a blessing to all the families of the earth, according to Genesis 12, verse 3. And the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham, we find it in the first verse of the New Testament. When the Lord Jesus Christ is first identified in his genealogy as the son of Abram, he was and he is the blessing to all the families of the earth. Lot as well, he, is, he was responsible for those around him. We later read about Lot and his family, his wife and his two daughters. And the passage, of course, mentions his herdmen. The decisions that Lot made affected, in a particular way, his family, his wife, she paid the price of not being able to leave Sodom. And then his daughters, who grew up in a toxic environment, they committed an abomination against God. Just traveling here yesterday, I was reading in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, And ye, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I believe that there is a powerful application for us as parents and grandparents and as people who do have children around us to be aware that we are responsible for our decisions and to be aware that our decisions affect those around us. We are to raise our children to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And it is our responsibility because as the psalmist says in Psalm 127 verse 3, children 
our heritage from the Lord, then this also means that we are to put his will above our will when it comes to children. Maybe there are parents who do not want to rebuke their children, but whenever it comes to the relationship parent-child, as a parent, we are to be on God's side. And doing this, we should also be aware that the child, our children, they are born sinners. And they uh, rebel against God. Nevertheless, the Word of God can help us to make the right decisions about our children. Of course, that society would come with different uh, methods. And some of them, they might be good. But some of them, they are obviously against the Word of God. We are not to put aside the Word of God who should guide us in making the right decisions for our children. Because our culture might fight for a better life for our children. But we do know that the scripture fights for the children's soul, for their eternity to be a good one, a happy one. Our decisions, they affect the people around us. And the first application is our families. So we are to be aware of that. Then we understand that decisions are observed by others. In verse 7, it is just a small detail here. At the end of the verse, it says that the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram was not comfortable with the strife here. So he was a peaceful man. He asked Lot to make a decision to separate. There's this story about a child. I don't know whether it's, it's true or not, but it has truth in it. There was a pastor repairing the fence in front of the church. So across the street, a child was just sitting on the sidewalk and watching him. So he was taking one piece of wood, one, one um, wood board, piece by piece, and would nail it to the fence, you know. And the child would just sit there and watch. So after a while, the pastor asks, are you waiting for someone? Or are, are you waiting for something? And he's like, yes, I'm just waiting to see what a pastor says when he hits his thumb with the hammer. You know, so people, they do, they do observe us. And this is a calling tonight to integrity. Because maybe there are moments when we make decisions because other people see us. You know, if we are at the traffic light and we're with the children and the light is red for the pedestrians, we wait. Other times, if they're not there and the light is red and we're in a hurry, we might cross, maybe, I don't know. Or maybe sometimes we are in a group with people from the church, so we do use the right vocabulary and the right words. Question is if we are by ourselves and nobody observes. Or in other contexts than the one of the church, would we, would we make different decisions? 
Our decisions in our lives are observed by others. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Lord calls us to be his witnesses, and we represent him. No matter where we go and what we do, we shall be witnesses unto him. And then in Matthew 5.16, I am sure this is a very well-known verse here, because um, we do see you living it. Let your light so shine before men that they may see. People see. People, they look at us. They observe the decisions that we make, the way that we live our lives. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. People, they look at our, at our lifestyle. Let it be one that will point them to Christ when they look at our lives. In the beginning, I was mentioning decisions. Some of them that we're not aware of. Others that we make daily. There are decisions that are about life. But there is one decision that it is the most important. It is a life-changing decision. It is a decision for eternity. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Did you receive him? Or received him not? This is the question, I will say. This is the most important decision that we face in life. What about Jesus Christ? If we haven't received him, it doesn't matter how religious one would be. It doesn't matter how moral his, de his decisions would look. He remains un under the dominion of the prince of the air, says Ephesians 2.2, under the dominion of darkness. Just as the same it was with the people of Sodom in verse 13, the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. But if you have received him, if you made this decision, the Bible says that we have the right to become children of God. And this is something that changes our decision tree. I used to work in retail, and when it comes to customers, there's a lot of study going on about how they make their decisions to buy stuff from the shelf. So there's a whole decision tree. When we have the right route, and there's always one initial criterion that can cancel all the others. For example, if one would look for coffee in a store, it doesn't matter how many types of tea you have there and how they're arranged on the shelf because he's only looking for coffee. If you don't have coffee, he will leave the store. There's always one that can cancel 
the others. And that's the root of the decision tree. When you decide to follow Christ, you have the right root to get the correct decision tree. And that is a decision that unfolds in the day-to-day -day life. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the Lord said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Having the right root, having Christ in our hearts, the rest of the daily decisions will be to his glory and for our blessing. Our decisions, they are influenced by our personal relationship with Christ, with God. Let us invest daily in that relationship. Let us be aware that the decisions that we make affect the others. And let us be aware that the decisions that we make are observed by people around us. But having Christ, we can make the right decisions. And may this be true for every one of us and for this coming year. May God bless you all. Amen. The Lord bless these thoughts to us and write them upon our hearts tonight. How important it is, the decisions that we make. And we learn so much from Genesis 13. May the Lord direct our way. I'm going to sing another hymn, 369. <clears throat> worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Just brings us to Christ to rejoice in him and to praise him. And that's a good thing to do as we've listened to the word tonight and as we come to seek the Lord in prayer.
seated. Remember the prayer list and those that we seek to remember that need the touch of the Lord. Just maybe to mention that Ivan Melnick got home from hospital and we were able to go and see him last night. But after a little time of him being downstairs, he just had to go back to bed. So he's still very weak and recovering at home. Uh, so we'll continue to pray for Ivan. The Lord will touch him. Remember the others on the prayer list, please. Tonight is also the night that we remember our youth ministry and just some things from the leader of our youth fellowship, Samuel. Uh, some are doing exams at present, so pray that the Lord will be with them. That they would grow spiritually to be strong and mature in the faith. That they would have a desire to be involved in the service of God. That they would shine as lights before their unsaved friends and colleagues. That they would know God's guidance as they make decisions. All right, thinking about decisions for the future. You know, those decisions have profound outcomes. When you think of the decision that Lot had and the outcome that it had for his family, tragic. I want you to pray for the missionary weekend, please, and the week of prayer next week, <clears throat> that hearts will be touched, that the Lord will prepare our hearts for his word and for what we hear. I'd appreciate special prayer as we preach the first message tomorrow night, that the Lord will give me his power and anointing. And then we remember Kirsty as she returns to Crown College next week, that the Lord will be with her. Pray for the land of Israel, pray for the land of Ukraine, all these things are very much in our minds and hearts. And if you're joining us on the internet, we say good night to you at this point, and we trust that the Lord will bless you as you leave the service, and we, we cut you off uh, from the broadcast, and we come to our time of prayer just now. Amen.